everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Well, the great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, like a dog for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani. That's the unmistakable theme to the 1966 Batman series that ran about three seasons and 120 episodes. But meanwhile, it's 50-something years later, and you still cannot forget that entertainment. It took the uh, it took the world by storm, so to speak, the country by storm back then. And we're happy and pleased to welcome uh, Robin from that show, Burt Ward himself. Uh, they're starring in a brand new uh, episode of Batman. It's a new animated feature for Warner Brothers, Batman, the return of the Cape Crusader. But there's more. He's teaching dog owners how to double their life of the dogs, and it's all for charity. Bert and his wife, Tracy, who for the last 22 years has saved the, saved the lives of about 1,600 dogs at their Gentle Giants Rescue in Norco, California, uh, which, you know, you can see on their website, GentleGiantsRescue.com. Welcome, Bert Ward, to Everything Old is New Again. Hello, citizen. <laughs> there we go. Perfect beginning. Oh, it's uh, such a pleasure to meet you, at least over the phone, Bert. <laughs> uh, before well, we... listen, it's a pleasure to meet you guys, both of you. I look forward to talking with you. And by the way, one minor little correction. We are at 15,500 dogs we've rescued in the last 23 years. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. We'll get into that, certainly. But before we talk dogs, let's talk bats and robins. How's that for a segue? <laughs> pretty bad. Okay. Right? Pretty bad, right? Uh, you, you've heard uh, probably this so many times, but I have to say that David and myself grew up on the Batman show from 1966 and helped uh, develop my sense of humor and sense of fun. I, I don't know how many times I, you must hear that wherever you go to the to the grocery store or whatever, right? I mean, people are saying this to you left and right, no? Yeah, I, absolutely. And it, what it shows is both of you have excellent taste. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. Um, what, what do you think it was about this show that has this incredible longevity beyond all the incarnations and reincarnations of the Batman cartoon, the Batman, uh, you know, of course, there's Gotham that's out now, there's the Lego Batman movie, but all through all of that is still the undercurrent, I think, of the original TV show that people always go back to and, and sort of uh, it's in the back of your mind, even when you're watching the new Lego movie, let's say. What do you think? Well, the thing is, is that our show was different than every other television show that ever was aired. And let me tell you how it differed. You see, at the time, um, there were like, you know, various situation comedies. There were dramas. If it was a police show, it was about catching a, you know, uh, a, a criminal. If it was a medical show, about saving a life. But nobody had ever done what we did, which was that we took something that was written very funny, played it very serious for kids, for the hero worship of 
kids wanting to be Batman or Robin and riding in the Batmobile and climbing walls and fighting heinous villains. And, and for the adults, it was the nostalgia of the comic book that they had grown up reading. And for that audience at the time, it was almost unattainable. That is, the college kids and the teenagers. It was the double meaning, the insinuations, the, the, the taking something funny and playing it serious, the campy style, the color, the pows, the zaps, the, you know, the Batman theme. It was bigger than life, and it caught the world by surprise. And we enjoyed, on our opening night, a 55 share, which meant that in the entire North America, you know, U.S., Canada, Mexico, that 55% of all televisions that were on were watching Batman. And all the other stations and independent and local programming shared the other 45%. Wow. It was gigantic. That's huge. And Batman was number one and number two because it aired twice a week, prime time. And we were seen and, 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 and enjoyed by more than 400 million people a day worldwide. So Batman, and we used to say we put on our tights to put on the world. In fact, we were the only superheroes that wore our underwear on the outside of our clothes. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, I thought there was always genius, there's a lot of genius about the show, was uh, the first thing was the cliffhanger from Wednesday to Thursday night at 7.30, right? Uh, you got to tune in, especially as a kid. There was no missing uh, the next uh, installment to figure out how you got out of that problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, it was, it was kind of based on a very old concept of movies done, uh, you know, in the... 30s, I think, The Perils of Pauline, where where there was a cliffhanger. And our first season, we were Tuesdays and Thursdays night. Our second mm. year, we were Tuesdays and Wednesdays night. Right. And then the third year, we were just one night a week. Yeah, and you know, Bert, it's funny, when you say that, now, I, I've, I experienced the show as a kid, right? So a lot of the humor and the campiness was lost on me, but I loved, absolutely loved the show, would not miss it. Then, when I got older, I watched it all over again, and obviously I caught, and the reason I watched it again was because now I understood everything that I, I didn't understand as a kid and had a brand new appreciation for the show, which I think oh, yeah. is you know, one of the reasons it, it's, it's lasted and the popularity has lasted for so many years now. So it was, I think, truly revolutionary. It was, and, it, and the appeal... I mean, this was something that the entire family could watch. Yes, there was violence, but not real violence. Nobody ever really got hurt. Right. Nobody, you know, there was no blood. I mean, this is like, you know, it's almost kind of like uh, Laurel and Hardy, where, you know, you could have things, like tables broken over your head, and then you jump up two minutes later and you're fighting again. You know what I mean? Exactly. And and the, it, and the, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just, no, it's, it's that... It is that kind of bigger than life where, I mean, who wouldn't want to be Batman and Robin? And actually, a lot of kids wanted to be Robin because they looked in the mirror and they weren't six foot four inches tall. You know what I mean? They weren't grown. They didn't have a driver's license. But boy, Robin got to sit next to Batman, got to ride in the Batmobile, also got to climb the walls, also got to fight the villains. So a lot of kids related to Robin and when there were siblings, 
you know, we one brother would be Batman and one would be Robin and the little girls would be Batgirl, or sometimes they'd play Robin. Well, that's the reason why I watched it when I was in college. Of course, the new third level of understanding were those costumes that Catwoman and uh, and Batgirl and so forth were wearing. True. And right. that, wasn't, uh, that didn't take away anybody, any bit of my attention either, you know? <laughs> I, you no, know, absolutely. it was something for everybody. There you go. And the, what, what you were saying about the violence part, even as a kid, right, I knew... That it was fake. When, when you, you know, Batman and Robin would get into these like roadhouse brawls with the villains, some of the punches, the swings and misses were so obvious, you know, that <laughs> you could tell even as a kid that the punch didn't even come close to hitting the villain and vice versa. So as a kid, you kind of well, knew that it was not really violent. Right, right. Although if you watch my fight scene, being a black belt in karate, I came within two inches of their face. It was usually so you didn't see that any kind of missing stuff with me. That's absolutely true. I think it was more with uh, look, you know, uh, I, I love Batman, but yeah, most of his punches you could see didn't really come too close. Yeah, <laughs> well, you also you had know, the, the, it, it, go ahead. I say you also had the pow and the wham and all that stuff, which was very campy and great it, it, about it as exactly. well. Exactly. We're going to take a break for a moment. We'll be right back on everything old is new again with Burt Ward. We're back with Burt Ward and everything old is new again. Love to hear a little bit more about Bruce Lee and uh, martial arts and how that ties into Batman. And, you know, I'll tell you a piece of trivia that you might be interested to know is that um, when I was doing the show, I lived in a complex of condominiums that an another martial artist lived there. His name was Bruce Lee. And he and I were friends, and we used to spar together. In fact, oh, wow. we also would go down to... Uh, uh, get together with our families and his wife Linda and at the time his son Brandon was only six months of age we'd go down into Chinatown and uh, we'd uh, you know he Bruce because he lived in, in Hong Kong for 10 years uh, knew all the most authentic stuff to order and we had a great time And but a piece of real trivia is that Bruce Lee's first filmed fight scene of his career on film was fighting me on Batman really? And he lost. Well, yep. we'll go into a drawer anyway. That's no, he didn't lose. No, no. They <laughs> it was a draw. Sure yeah. They made sure it was the draw, and, and they made sure also that it didn't get to a point that it looked like it was too real, because, again, everything we did on Batman was bigger than life. And we, and, and we just uh, fell in love with it. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we'll come back in a few minutes with Burt Ward and everything old is new again. And we're going to uh, dive into what he's doing now with GentleGiantsRescue.com. Uh, there's a, a very interesting story there of the uh, Gentle Giants Rescue with the 15,000-plus dogs that you've uh, rescued. And you, you're showing us how to have dogs uh, live longer. So uh, come on back. Everything old is new again. We'll uh, investigate that aspect. Everything old is new again. There's a fight scene right there. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Holy agility. Holy blackout. Holy missing relatives. Holy sudden incapacitation. Holy one-track back computer mind. Holy standstills. 
Holy everything old is new again. This is Douglas Viviani with David Cohen. We're back. And we're uh, happily talking with Robin of the Batman 66 series. Did you know, by the way, um, Burt Ward? And Burt, I bet you you're aware of, uh, I don't know if I should do this to trick you or not, but how many times Robin said the word holy in the series, in the 120 episodes? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was about 380 there you go. Take a few. How about that? <laughs> you got uh, so you've been asked that question before, good <laughs> you. Uh, or at least you're, you're properly prepared. I appreciate that. Let's uh, take a look at, at, at something that you're doing now. We'll certainly come back and circle around and talk about Batman and other things uh, with you. But I'd like to dive into a little bit about um, what's happening with what's called Gentle Giants Rescue, something that you've been um, uh, that's near and dear to your heart that you've been working with uh, for quite some time. For I understand, uh, first I guess the question is, what is Gentle Giants Rescue. Well, um, I, here's the way I like to think of it. I was the Cape Crusader, and now I am the Canine Crusader. And uh, for the last 23 years, my wife and I have rescued, but we started with Great Danes, but we now have 45 different breeds of dogs, and this is a total charity. We're actually a uh, an IRS licensed 501c3 charity, no different than Muscular Dystrophy or United Way or any of the others. And we rescue dogs, uh, primarily the giant breed dogs, because those are the ones that are were harder to adopt out of animal shelters because they're so big. And in animal shelters, dogs are always barking, and who's going to take a big dog out of a out of a cage? You know, if it's barking. So we rescued these breeds, and one thing led to another where we started just with Great Danes, and then we got in and we started rescuing Mastiffs because a Great Dane is actually a blend of three different breeds. A Great Dane is an Irish Wolfhound combination with an English Mastiff combination with a Greyhound, and so it's one-third, one-third, you know, and uh, uh, so when all of a sudden people were bringing Mastiffs to us or Irish Wolfhounds or Greyhounds, we said, well, it's sort of in the same family, and when we did this, we thought that we were we were just trying to save their lives temporarily till someone else could take this over. And I had told my wife in uh, August of 1994, I said, Tracy, let's just we can't let these dogs die. Let's just save them, and in a couple of weeks, somebody will take it over. Well, it's been 23 years, and we're still waiting for somebody to come take it over. <laughs> and we've gone from Great Danes with so many 45 different breeds now that my wife has redefined Great Dane to mean if it has four legs and a tail, it must be a Great Dane. <laughs> but uh, we, we love dogs, and this is our charity. And in the course of rescuing these animals, I mean, if you go to the trouble that we've done, we've brought them in from all over the world, including Europe, Taiwan, where we brought dogs in, saved their lives, paid for all the medical, food, shelter, and then found them a safe, loving home. But if you go to all that trouble to do this, to rescue them, obviously you want them to live the longest, healthiest, happiest life possible. So giant breed dogs traditionally have the shortest lifespan, usually six to eight years, depending if it's a massive, seven to nine years if it's a Great Dane. And when we would lose a dog, my wife and I would literally cry. I mean, and we decided that whatever it took, we were going to find a way to help these incredible, gentle giants live longer. 
Well, we developed a feeding and care program initially that added about three years to the life of every dog. People can read about that. Your listeners can read about it on our website at gentlegiantsrescue.com. There's a menu, and on the menu it has a uh, one of the selections is add years to your dog's life. Use our care and feeding program. <clears throat> that was the first thing we did. But we got to a point where we said, you know, unless we change the food, I don't think we can help these dogs live longer. And at the time we changed the food and started to make our own, we just felt that we made the best quality we could make, okay? And we had the financial resources to do it. Let's make the best of the best, and maybe we can pull out another year or two. But what we ultimately found out was so devastating to our lives that it changed us forever. What we found out was that the dog food companies know something the average person doesn't know which is the more fat content they put in dog food, the hungrier it makes dogs. Mm. Unfortunately, in my opinion, it's all about money. And for us, it's not about money. We, we take nothing personally from our rescue. We take nothing personally from our dog food. All we want is that for the chance of every one of the 80 million-plus dogs in the U.S. in 67 million households, these loving animals to have a chance to have a longer, healthier, happier life. So long story short, we developed a food that doesn't have all the fat inside the food that all the other dog foods seem to have. And all you have to do is look on the back of any bag of dog food. By federal law, required is a chart next to the ingredients called guaranteed analysis. The first item is protein. The second is crude fat. Your listeners, all they have to do is look on the back of their bag and look at the crude uh, fat content. They're going to see that the fat that they're feeding their dog is somewhere between 12 to 22%. Now, that is incredibly bad. We don't add any fat to our food, and our food, I mean, food does have fat in it, I'm sure you know, but ours is 9%. Everybody else is 12 to 22%. Um, I even asked my own medical doctor the last time I went for an exam, what would happen if a human being ate even 12% crude fat at every meal? My doctor didn't take a second to answer and immediately said it would cut your lifespan in half. So if it'll do that to a human, I guarantee it'll do it to a dog. uh, But but, but let me tell you, there's something actually much worse I want to share with you. Have you ever felt dog food in your fingers, that greasy feel? Mm, Sure. Well, let me tell you, all you have to do is feel your dog's food. And if you're one of these people that's not sure and you're really brave, then take your hand and stick it in the bag with the food, half, you know, in between the food and the, and the wall of the bag, you're going to feel this grease. And the reason that's there is because dogs love the taste of meat, they love the taste of fish, but they don't like the taste or smell of fat. And because they have such amazing ability to smell, Dog food manufacturers have had to cover up the smell of the fat content by, after making the food, then spraying it with a different kind of animal fat that dogs will eat. And just like you wouldn't take bacon grease and pour it down your garbage disposal because it would ruin it, why would anybody feed a dog a food that every single kibble is encapsulated in grease? So Gentle Giants is the name of our food. It's in thousands of stores all across the country, including Walmart. Not every Walmart, but many of them. And also available online 
on Chewy.com, Amazon.com, Walmart.com, and PetSmart.com. That's great. Also, the question is, you were speaking of large dogs before, but the food itself that you're speaking about, that's not limited to feeding a, a large oh, dog, right? No, it's for every breed, from the smallest to the largest. In fact, that's one of the questions people ask me. Well, but are your kibbles really big because they're bigger dogs? Well, let me tell you, that's so funny. If you buy other foods and you look at where it says large breed dogs, the people who make the food, they know nothing about dogs. They make these big kibbles. And, and what people don't know, unless you really handle dogs like we do, thousands of them, okay, is that the bigger the dog, the less they chew. So the bigger the dog, the bites have to be smaller. And, and, but it's something that the average person wouldn't know unless you're watching dogs eating every day. And by the way, just so you know, for the last 23 years, my wife Tracy and I have had more than 50 dogs in our home living with us. Okay, 24-7, every one of the uh, 15,500 we've rescued has lived inside our house. We're going to have to interrupt Burt Ward right now on Everything Old is New again. We're back in a moment to continue talking about man's best friend. We're back with Burt Ward from Batman 66 talking about man's best friend. Do all those dogs you save live with you? They're not in some other building or outside or in in a dog house. They're living in our home with us communally, all of us living together and getting along. And in fact, there's a great picture of you uh, in in your bedroom with uh, the dog surrounding you on your website. Oh, yeah, and in that picture, in that photo of them, there were 27 of our dogs there, and they were all 10 to 20 years old. And by the way, I didn't mention that, but what we've accomplished is that we have dogs now living as long as 27 healthy, active years. Right now... Uh, in fact, on YouTube.com, if any of your listeners wanted to go see us, they could go to YouTube.com and in the search window, type in Inside Edition Burt Ward, and up would come a segment filmed by Inside Edition six months ago that is titled, Could This Be the Oldest Living Pooch in the World? And it's our dog, Tara, a Russian wolfhound who normally lives only seven to nine years, and she was 25 years old six months ago. Well, two months ago, on January 2nd, she turned 26. So she has already lived triple her normal lifespan. And the last time I spoke to my wife about it, here at our rescue, among the many dogs we have, 24 of them are 14 to 26 years of age. And every one of those 24 have already lived twice their normal lifespan. Now, that's consistency. It's not an anomaly. It's not a freaky thing. It is consistent. That's great. We finally have a star that cares about the uh, the heart and sizes of, all, of dogs, all sizes. 100% of the profits of General uh, Giant Rescue and the dog food go to the charity. Bert's gone from, as we said, Cape Crusader, right, to Canine Crusader. Canine Crusader. We'll be back right after this on Everything Old is New Again. Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show. Everything Old is New Again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Holy diversionary tactics! Holy Gemini, it worked great. Holy purple cannibal. Holy holy. 
Holy eggshell. Holy understatements, Batman. Holy anagrams. What's the answer? Well, the answer is everything old is new again. This is Douglas Viviani with David Cohen, and we're happy to welcome Burt Ward, the original Robin the Boy Wonder from Batman 66, they're calling it now. Yes, well, the Batman 66 is a whole line of new uh, comic books that they released started uh, more than a year ago, drawn exactly to match uh, Adam and, uh, and my look. And uh, in addition to that, my goodness, there's so much Batman merchandise. There's some incredible... Items. I mean, all the way from little toys to incredibly expensive, um, you know, caricatures that are done, you know, in super high-end coffee table kind of things. And plus, there's an 11 and a half foot tall one-armed bandit in many casinos across the country. That uh, I have four giant, bigger-than-life photos of me, and Adam has four of him, bigger than life. Uh, you know, that's 11 and a half feet tall. And then there's a new. Stern pinball machine, a Batman 66 pinball machine that is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, in fact, I have one of them. And uh, Adam and I each recorded more than 300 di- uh, lines of dialogue for the pinball machine. Wow, that wow. sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of, uh, of fun, on uh, the show, it's, uh, let me back up. I have a seven and a four-year-old, and uh, I have begun to show them uh, the show that I grew up on and loved. And especially my little guy, believe it or not, at four years old, he does identify, as you said, with Robin more than anything else. He's bugging me for the, the, the latest Robin incarnation, whatever might be the log and Lego or whatever, and so so you're living through another generation, showing another generation uh, the value of really some just some good clean fun. But along those lines, there are villains. I'm going to throw this at you. Which do you think is your uh, favorite guest star? I'll throw a couple at you. Burgess Meredith, who was the Penguin, Frank Gorshin, the Riddler, Cesar Romero, Joker, Victor Buono, who was King Tut, Vincent Price, the Egghead, or Egghead. Well, actually. Um, I didn't have a favorite because every one of these stars was someone that I grew up watching them either in movies or on television, and I was in in awe of working with them. Hmm. I was like the kid in the candy store where every one of these stars was a treat for me to meet and work with. Um, So many great actors and actresses. I mean, you named a few, and there was others. Joan Collins, the siren. Right. You know, um, Otto Preminger, the famous director, played uh, Mr. Freeze. Uh, There was uh, just so many great actors and actresses that I I just had the best time. So I didn't really think of it that way as who do I like most. I was in awe of every one of them. And every one of them was gracious. And I think that I learned a lot from just watching how professional they were. And I hear this a lot. We interview some some people here and there. We had uh, Bernie Capel from the Love Boat on a little ways back, and 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 others, Peter Weller, and so forth. And and the underlying theme is that the gentlemen that uh, were acting, uh, you know, in the '60s and and '70s, and that are you know mature at this point, um, have such class and such value uh, for the individual um, that that you know there's this pomposity that in theory they could have they don't have so it says a lot about you and it says a lot about them that to pass this uh, I guess you'd say a gentleman like character to uh, to the next generation if that makes any sense well, oh absolutely in fact uh, there's a saying in show business the bigger they are the nicer they are 
There you go. And speaking of big, I, I, if you've seen this show, you know that uh, Batman and Robin from time to time will walk on the exterior of a building and uh, a cameo shot or a window would open, let's say, for a cameo shot for a couple of people. I'm just going to play just a quick clips of three in a row people that I thought were very uh, interesting that, that they appeared on your show and we can uh, circle around back to that. But let's sure. just hear the three of them. It'll be Jerry Lewis, Sammy Davis Jr., and Edward G. Robinson. It's the old hey, Batman. Oh, oh, you must be, because that's Robin. Hi, Robin. Yes, citizen, but don't be alarmed. We're here on official business. Holy human flies. Hey, Batman and Robin. What are you guys doing? Just routine crime fighting. Well, would you like to come inside? I'm rehearsing. Thank you, citizen, but our pursuit of justice allows us few diversions. Huh, be seen. Hi, Robin. A dynamic duo. There are other ways of getting into this building, you know. There you go. <laughs> and it goes on and on. I think you had about at least 14, 15 of those cameo appearances over the 120 episodes. Um, did you, you certainly spent a smidge of time with those people as well, but it just goes to show, I think, the, the uh, imprint that your show had on the day when these were the biggest stars of the day, I think, clamored and wanted to be on the show. You tell me. Yeah, well, no, actually, it was a lot more than 15. Okay. A lot more. And the reason why they came on the show is because what happens in show business is something is successful, everybody wants in on it. And because Batman became so gigantic, every celebrity's kids were driving them nuts to be on our show. So they created this uh, coming up the side of the building and the window opening up because they had such pressure from so many well-known actors and actresses to be on our show. Um, and that's why it was created. And uh, But I, I recall probably triple, I mean, than what you said. I would say at least 50 or 60 that I can recall. I mean, their head, Colonel Clink, was on there. Uh, you know, uh, there, there was, uh, I mean, Don Ho was on there. Betty White was on there. Um, uh, Dick Clark was on there. Uh, so many actors and actresses that, and, and, and personalities, you know, that people were very familiar with. So it was, it was, it was a way to get more exposure and for these stars to be on for even just a few minutes that their kids would just go nuts for. Hey, hey, Bert, this the show was popular at a really interesting time in, in our country's history, which was the 60s. And you were in the heart of, you know, the Hollywood scene in the 60s. You were a pop star. Um, what can you describe at all? Like what your life was like outside of being Robin uh, during the time that the show was airing? Well, you know, for me, I was different than other actors. Um a lot of actors struggle for many, many years to get a chance for a break, you know? And uh, they end up pretty bruised up, so to speak, in some ways. It could be emotionally, even physically. But in my case, the part of Robin was the very first thing I ever tried out for. Huh. And uh, there was some competition, about 1,100 other young actors that tried out for it. So that was pretty stiff competition. But I guess because I felt so comfortable doing it, and I didn't feel like I had to put on airs, because when they hired me, they basically said, Bert, we want to hire you for this role, and would you like to know why 
we selected you out of 14, uh, excuse me, 1,100 other young actors? And I said, sure. They said, because in our mind, forgetting television, forgetting show business, but in reality, if they're really, really in real life was a Robin, we think you personally would be it. So we don't want you to, quote, act. We actually want you to really just be yourself hmm. and be enthusiastic. And that's what I did. Goodness. And all of the things that you saw, like, oh, jumping over the door of the car into the Batmobile or out of the Batmobile or hitting my fist against my palm or all those things that were, I guess, you know, things that Robin did were actually things that I did. So for hmm. me, it really, other than being more enthusiastic and projecting a lot larger, you know, than, than I would off camera, nothing changed. Right. I was the same person. I didn't, I mean, yes, it's true. There's a lot of popularity and people throwing themselves at you and all that kind of stuff. And sure, that was great. But the, the fact was, I don't think I changed at all. About that. We, we're glad that you didn't, and we're glad that you're now the Cape Crusader came down to and becoming a canine crusader. We'll be back with Burt Ward to talk about GentleGiantRescue.com and everything old is new again. This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Holy rising headlines. Holy homework. Holy incantation. Holy Robert Louis Stevenson. Holy dilemma. Holy crucial moment. Holy here we go again, Batman. Holy special delivery. Holy razor's edge. Was that a close shave? Holy known unknown flying objects. Holy unrefillable prescriptions. Exactly, Robin. Exactly. You're back on everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. And we're enjoying some time with Burt Ward from uh, the original Batman show. And uh, listen, I do want to uh, talk about Batman a little bit more, but I was curious about GentleGiantRescue.com, um, which is the newest venture that uh, Mr. Ward is involved with. And along those lines, GentleGiantRescue.com, you could also go there and learn about proper feeding of your animal. We all love our pets. If you want your dog to live longer, uh, we've talked about this in our last section, uh, two sections ago. If you missed it, go back to our website uh, and look at everything old is new again dot biz. You can look at the old podcast of uh, the section you may have missed. But in, in essence, we're talking about uh, a different feeding program or a different type of food that I think you, is available if you need or want through the, uh, through the website too, no? Absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that people love their dogs. I mean, for a lot of people, their dog is their very best friend. Right. For many older people, their children have grown up and got their own lives, and, and their, their canine kids are their, are their duplicate of the original human kids, kind of. And for young families that have children growing up, it's like so many people say, oh, I want to get a dog for my child to grow up. Well, in our case, let me just say this, that we have a daughter that my wife took fo always took photos, and she took photos of our daughter from her birth all the way up to where she's 26 years of age now. And what's so interesting is that, as you know, uh, a dog it doesn't change too much until it gets quite older, but humans change dramatically. A one-year-old looks a lot different than a five-year-old, and a, and a, and a five-year-old looks a lot different than a ten-year-old. And my, my wife has photos of our daughter growing up for 26 years 
with the same dog. Mm. <laughs> now, what happens when they they don't have them living as long and they they don't have the technology? Now, my goodness, you can get a dog for your child, and by the time your child is eight or ten years of age, the dog dies, and now you're trying to explain death to a ten year old child, which you shouldn't have to be doing. You know what I mean? Yep. So there's no reason why. Everybody who loves their dog can't have the same success that we've had, which is have your dogs live at the very least into their late teens all the way up to their late 20s and, and by following the same feeding and care program that we do and feeding the same food that we do. And by the way, we offer free support on the back of every bag of Gentle Giants, on the back of every can of Gentle Giants canned dog food, which is absolutely the best of the best, there's our phone number. You call. You get free help. I don't know, in today's world, who gives you free help? <laughs> exactly. Except for us on the radio or everything old is new again, uh, giving us, everyone, a good pointer, a great pointer. Uh, if you have a dog and you want your dog to live longer, for sure, this is uh, something that, that, I mean, I, I had a dog pass away uh, when I was a young boy, and it was traumatic, as you mentioned. We replaced, the, you know, the best thing was to replace it with another dog, of course, but, uh, and it was my dog, Brandy. Brandy. Yep. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> David remembers all those years ago and uh but it was that dog was so close to our heart that dog's gone over 30 years and or 25 years and we still remember that dog to this day so had we had this opportunity back then i think uh we would have you know your your memories double because the year that the dog is living is double from what what it is now or 30 exactly and think of it this way we sell our food without us taking anything so our food is actually half the price of what you, they, uh, you would pay in a pet store for, for a similar food that won't keep your dog living 27 years. And ours is half the price and twice the life. Gentle Giants. And it's available online, Chewy.com, Amazon.com, Walmart.com, PetSmart.com. And, and we just want everybody's dog to have a chance to live a long, healthy, happy life. And, you know, when you help the dogs live longer, you're doing something for the dog owners as well. Absolutely, and, and we want everyone to live uh, a long and healthy life to continue to enjoy Batman. And along those lines, last year there was the release of the Return of the Caped Crusaders, and it's available now on Amazon. It's called Batman: The Return of the Caped Crusaders. I know, Adam right? And it's available in stores. It's in and available online for digital download. It came out November first. It's a huge success. It, it is. It, the reviews have said it was the best Batman movie made last year, uh, and there were other Batman movies made, as I'm sure you probably know, including Batman versus Superman. Yep. And now it's so successful that we're making the second one. And in fact, in about uh, three weeks, I have to go in and do what they call ADR, which is where you um, ad address the uh, the motions of the. Uh, characters in the animation and you have to say your lines so it looks like it's coming out of the the mouths of the characters so i mean it, it's still in progress it's going to be a monster hit it's going to be i don't know it could end up being the biggest of all batman movies in my opinion uh, and i'll tell you what the sequel i'm looking forward to if you listen to our show you know there's always a star trek reference here and there and uh, for the most part and of course now we've got william shatner will be voicing two-face in the next installment of this series so uh, i'm kind of excited about that double fold because i've got uh, my favorite star 
Star Trek next to my favorite Batman 66. Uh, it's like a dream come true. And my little guy is going to never hear the end of it. He's four and five. He'll be five then. And he's going to watch that over and over and over again, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> with, absolutely. With me next to him. I know, I know Bill Shatner, and he is fantastic. Not only has he got the style, oh, I mean, he is just so good at what he does. And the characterization that he's doing is going to just knock everybody's socks off. He is just absolutely fantastic. Great. We're looking forward to that. We're also looking forward to you maybe mentioning to William Shatner everything old is new again. And, and I'm, I'm kidding when I say this. but uh, <laughs> and, No, I'd be happy to. I'm going to probably see him in a few weeks. He, we, we mentioned Star Trek or Batman almost every show in one re- reference or another because it's so through our culture. And that's what we do on everything old is new again is we examine pop culture today and what's uh, popular today and look about where it came from. And certainly Batman and Star Trek are still alive and well. One final uh, point that I want to go through or talk about is you had so many guest stars you spoke about many of them you also had milton burl ethel merman you had cliff robertson eli wallach art carney roddy mcdowell could you pick any of those and just tell us a little peek behind the scenes about one or any of those well we had shelly winters too sure and uh shelly winters was uh, had a reputation for liking younger men (laughs) I was warned about that, before, but she was very nice. When she came on the set, she was very nice. She did, however, tell me that she had a book for me to read. And I said, oh, okay. And she brought it the next day, and it, the book was entitled The Delights of Older Women. There you go. <laughs> How about that? And then she went on later on to do uh, The Poseidon Adventure. And, uh, is that, Bert, is that when oh, you went... Oh, fabulous actor. Is that, that you when know. you went into hiding for a couple of years after that book? <laughs> no, 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 no. We but, you know, but you know something, uh, it, really, we had such a great time on Batman. It was so much fun to make the show, and uh, it was one of those shows that, uh, you know, it's funny, when I meet people, you know, if, if you're a celebrity from a movie or a show, most people are like, oh, wow. But when you say Batman to somebody, there's a twinkle that comes in their eye. There's a smirk that comes across their their mouth because they remember with such fondness how we just just took that audience and played with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just had so much fun doing it. And that's the whole thing is to have fun. That's what we try to do on Everything Old is New Again. We've had a great time and had a lot of fun with the Cape Crusader turned canine crusader. Uh, that would be Burt Ward. And uh, we wanted you to take a look and uh, go online and take a look at GentleGiantRescue.com. Uh, Mr. Ward, thank you so much for your time. Wowie zowie! <laughs> with a Batmobile! <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on Everything Old is New Again to continue with Pop Culture Entertainment next week. Don't forget us.